0: Hello and welcome to Wager Vision, the Pro Sports Extra All Gambling Podcast. Uh, normally, we have three guys. Today, Jerry couldn't make it in. He's traveling to places unknown. Uh, so today, me and Cam, at Cameron Covers on Twitter, will be hosting the show and discussing our picks for the week, uh, recapping last weekend's winners or losers. Uh, let, we'll find out in a second how we did. Uh, but like I said, you can find me on Twitter at LiveWithBoomer or at TCB. Uh, if you listen to the other podcasts, you'll, that's Triple Crown Boomer because I've been to two uh, Kentucky Derbies and both times they were Triple Crown winners. Um, but other than that, Cameron, how are you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing great. You know, I don't know if, if Jared's out of town. He had some tr- troubles with his picks or he's running into trouble with his bookie or not, but... Hey, win or lose, I'm here, you're here, and we'll welcome Jared back with open arms next week, and I'm sure he'll be ready to give us some winners.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah, he's got lots of lots of time to be uh, thinking about picks, so uh, he nope. better get a lot of studying and then, uh, come come firing with some winners next week. Um, so just to rehash, go ahead and give uh, some of your picks from last weekend, uh, what turned up, what turned down. uh And then, you know, we'll kind of go into how we feel about this week coming up.
1: Sure. Well, full transparency, I had a pretty awful week last week, just one in four. So, if you want to go ahead and fade all five of my picks this week, I cannot blame you. I'll be rooting against you, but I can't blame you. (laughs) So, the one win I was able to scrape out was with Indianapolis, they marched into Washington and beat my Redskins outright as six point dogs. Uh, I love that pick. And then I lost with Baltimore on Thursday night, losing to Cincinnati. Minnesota, you know, I griped about this before the show with Boomer because I got them at minus one, even though they're available at plus one on my book. But hey, it doesn't matter. Loss is a loss. They tied in overtime with the Packers. Philadelphia lost to Tampa Bay. The Fitzmagic is real. Apparently, we'll see how long that lasts. And then Seattle, in the primetime game, goes ahead and loses as well. But I'm ready to bounce back, and I feel like I've got some good good information to act on this week. I like my picks and excited to get into them with you. How did you do last
0: week? So, before we talk about my picks, I do want to say – uh the couple of college football games I brought up last week. I know you don't like college football, but we uh we discussed a couple three top twenty five matchups. Uh one of the games we talked about was LSU versus Auburn and we both agreed so technically you can feel a little bit mm-hmm. better and that if people listen they came in and they cashed it. Oh, that wasn't very loud. We gotta turn that up. Hold on. <laughs>
1: yeah, turn that one up. Yeah. And that's the most important one. That's when you have a winning ticket, there you go. <laughs> that's
0: right. So, if you listen to us last week, we both had Auburn plus t- or LSU yep. plus 10 at Auburn, and they won outright on a game, a field goal at the end of the game. Um, then, if you took TCU plus 13 and a half, you got lucky to cover that. And uh, my two bets that I really liked that I gave out. Uh, even my family thought I was nuts. Everybody, I think, in the state of Iowa thought I was nuts. I loved – people commented, told me they couldn't believe I took I, – I liked ISU plus 17-and-a-half. But easy winner. <laughs> wasn't wasn't scared for a second. Cashed that in. And then my lock of the whole weekend was over 63-and-a-half of uh, – Boise State versus Oklahoma State. Uh if you didn't get in on that early, that line jumped all the way to sixty seven and a half. So I guess if you really were a line follower, you could have middled and as if you listen to me, you could have taken the under at sixty seven, you could have bet the over at sixty three and a half and <laughs> but but then for my NFL picks, I um had a two-and-three week again, back-to-back weeks, which is normally my uh, – NFL is usually my strong suit, but another losing week. <laughs> and that's – I think it's time for us to bounce back on that. I had the um, – what did I have in the NFL? Oh, I had <laughs> – <laughs> I think I accidentally deleted it and put in my new picks. So, uh, Oh, no. Yeah, I think I had the Panthers plus six and a half. I had, um, well, I had the Raiders. That was one of my winners. And I can't remember. Either way, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I actually deleted them putting in these new picks. That's my bad. Didn't mean to do that. Either way, nobody wants to hear about all the losers I had anyways. Went two and three. Um, how are we feeling about this week? Are we ready to uh, do, some, do some good here and bounce back on the uh, Bet the Board podcast uh, free contest to win some money?
1: Yeah, we're about to do some damage. I have a good feeling about our ability to bounce back this week. Both of us are NFL specialists. Over the course of a 17-week handicapping competition, you're going to have plenty of losing weeks. You just hope that your winning weeks outnumber them and I've got to pick right off the bat in the Thursday night game if you want to jump into this.
0: Yeah, go ahead and jump right into uh, some of your – we won't give out our five yet, but let's – I mean, even if it is part of your five, we don't have to tell it the end, but if that's – it's the first game coming up, so we might as well talk about it sure. no matter what.
1: Sure, we'll just give our takes on it. All right, let's go. New York Jets at Cleveland. Cleveland's minus three, 39 and a half the total. This is one of those games where you know sometimes they say the toughest bets to make are the best bets. Taking Cleveland as a home favorite would be de- the definition of a tough bet. A team that's won one game in the past two years definitely cat- uh, uh, counts as a tough bet. In fact, the last time that Cleveland was listed as a home favorite of at least three points, week 14 of 2015, crazy. They won the game 24 to 10 versus the 49ers, but of course different quarterback, different coach, all that. So, you know, I don't think it's all that valid. Now, this is an opportunity for the Browns to avoid their 20th straight loss or, or non-win if you count the tie last week. In my opinion, it counts as a loss, although they did cover the spread. Now, my take on Cleveland, and I, I wrote a column for Pro Sports Extra. You can go to prosportsextra.com, check it out, titled, The Winless Browns Are Playing Winning Football. and you know, I'm not I'm not making the argument that the Cleveland Browns are a uh, championship-caliber team. They're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go over their season-win total of 6.5. But they do a lot right, particularly on defense. They've spent a lot of draft capital in the first round, right? You lose all those games. You get the uh, early first-round draft pick and picking guys like Miles Garrett to bolster that defense. And it's performed well so far in this season. In fact, you know, they held Drew Brees – 21 points, not all that bad. Their first game of the season, they held Ben Roethlisberger in the, in the high powered Steelers offense at 21 points. So I think the defense for Cleveland has held up well. And then you look at the spot, right? Thursday night game typically favors the home team because you only have a couple of days of preparation and that travel really gets to uh, the team that has to, uh, uh, play on the road. We saw it last week with the Ravens. We see it time after time, uh, Thursday night football to open the season. Falcons lost and failed to cover on the road. So I think the spot favors Cleveland as well. It's Look, I understand if if you don't want to take Cleveland as a favorite, I'm in uh, kind of a wait and see mode. Show me that you can win a game. But I I think this is basically the Browns' Super Bowl. So I'm going to lean towards Cleveland minus three and lay the lumber with the Browns.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, a risky move for a team that hasn't won in a very long time. Um, the Jets, you know, kind of came back to reality last week with Darnold throwing two picks. Their offense was what everybody kind of thought it was, even, was going to be, even with Darnold, uh, who's, you know, always going to have rookie growing pains. Uh, the Browns, I mean, they look good, and then they somehow decided to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, constantly which I don't understand two weeks in a row I don't I don't know I mean how you can have that much bad luck as a franchise like it's just unbelievable uh oh. but I I just I so I personally until I see that they're not jinx because I feel like it they are like I don't know how they lost these last two games um I actually like the over in the game I think this uh, even though the Jets d is really good the Browns d is pretty good I think uh, coming off a short week, their defenses are both kind of uh, beat up after that game. Uh, so they don't have a lot of time to recover. I think their offenses are going to be able to put up, you know, put up some yards and points because of that. Um, I think being a defender has to be the hardest thing on a short week, uh, mainly because your body is what's, you know, hitting people and you're constantly hitting people like a receiver might get hit a couple of times. Uh, But their defenders hitting every one of the receivers that's hit a couple times. So their bodies don't recover uh, quite as quickly, I don't think. And that's why these Thursday games are dangerous, and I don't think they should exist. But this – so this week, I kind of really like the over. It seems like other people must like it too. It opened at 39 and a half. It's up to 40 already. Um, To me, I say already. I forgot. I've been on vacation Monday and Tuesday because I went to the Cowboys (laughs) – Cowboys game down in Dallas, I, I got home and I was working today and I was like, and I heard on Sports Talk Radio, oh, Thursday night, football tomorrow. I was like, what, tomorrow? Like, totally forgot that today wasn't Monday. Uh, my whole my whole life is messed up right now. Totally forgot today wasn't Monday and that it's almost the weekend already, which is awesome. Uh, but if I had to take anything in that game, I would take the over, uh, unless it keeps creeping up. But if you're g- going to lock the bet in now, i take the over. I think the defense has come out a little sluggish. I think the offense has put up some points because they're capable of doing that. And that's, that's all I would take in that game. I don't think I could take that spread. Cause I, I honestly think it could go either way and it might come down to the very end of the game.
1: It's crazy when you're on vacation, you know, I, I uh, took a road trip to Vegas a couple of weeks ago and ended up calling my sister who of course, you know, works normal hours like everybody else on a <laughs> yeah. Tuesday and she didn't pick up. And then I'm like, Oh my God. Wait, it's a Tuesday. Other normal people are working right now. So you just kind of <laughs> lose track of time when you're out there on vacation. But uh, so you're, you know, your point on the Browns, or, or sorry, your point on the total, I would definitely lean over as well. I just think in the NFL, as, as the rules are currently constructed, 40 is just is not that difficult for teams to sail over, even teams with bad offenses. So I would definitely have to agree with you there and definitely bet early because we're seeing line movement trending upwards. And then one last point on the Browns, someone to go back and look because I don't want to do the work personally because I don't want to watch Cleveland Browns tape uh, in my free time. How many games have they lost due to kicking blunders? And then, you know, sort of as a broader point, is that really indicative of how strong the team is? Because I think if you looked at the roster, and you took the jersey off of it, you forgot the franchise and the losing ways and all of that. The roster is actually fairly good. I would put it in the top half. And so I think, you know, there is definitely a skill to finishing games late in uh you know, late in a football game, which the Cleveland Browns clearly haven't had yet. But here's what they did. They went ahead and cut Zane Gonzalez, right? Missed a couple extra points, yep. missed uh go have go ahead field goal he left about 8 points on the board against the Saints and they lost by 3 so do the math and so they brought in Greg Joseph to replace him now Joseph is a rookie he made all four kicks of his uh, all four of his attempts in the preseason and i think he got cut by the dolphins so the browns weren't able to get a guy like Dan Bailey because of course he wants to play for a winner and so you know i'm not sure does this solve cleveland's kicking problem i have to think that it does. And the last point on that is Zane Gonzalez was actually injured. Okay. He had a groin injury going into the game and whether it's true or not, head coach Hugh Jackson claims he didn't know about the injury. Now he could be lying to the media. I believe that. I think coaches lie to the media all the time, but if he's not, man, that just reeks of Cleveland's incompetence. So we'll, we'll have to see how this kicking game improves and we'll have to see how Sam Darnold, if he's able to take care of the football, Uh, But like I said, yep, I agree with you on the over and definitely looking towards swallowing the points with Cleveland. Any other thoughts on this game?
0: No, I mean, just hopefully the the new kicker doesn't look as bad as the old. That's about all I got.
1: (laughs) Sure. All right, let's move on. The next game on my board is Indianapolis. They're catching plus. uh, They opened up at plus six and a half. Now I'm seeing seven pop pop up market-wide. Indianapolis plus seven at Philadelphia. Higher scoring total, 47 and a half. And uh, Indianapolis was one of my winners last week as a six-point dog, so happy about that. And big storyline here is Carson Wentz coming back from his ACL tear. And better should know that he had surgery December 13th. Okay, that's week 14 of last season. So, um, you know, there's a bit of history with quarterbacks coming back from these surgeries. And with mixed results, guys like Donovan McNabb, um, guys like Tom Brady, and I think Deshaun Watson's probably the most, uh, uh, probably the best comparison because both of those guys are mobile. So we have some comparison here. Deshaun Watson coming off his ACL surgery in his first game back, 17 of 34, 176 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, a few carries for 40 yards. And the Texans lost 27-20 to the Patriots. So my initial lean in this game is to take Indianapolis and the points. I love getting a field goal in the NFL, especially when I have a competent quarterback, but this line looks a little bit suspicious to me. It looks too high and it it seems to be giving a whole lot of respect for Philadelphia. So it it kind of scared me off the, off the game. What do you make of it? And do you think the line is right? Does does it look suspiciously high to you?
0: So I agree that it's, Suspicious, especially since the Colts actually haven't looked that bad yet this year. Uh, and, you know, they they won last week against a team that I think is actually a fairly good team. They should have beat Cincinnati if the guy doesn't fumble on the way driving in to win the game. Uh, could possibly be two and zero. Andrew Luck looks like he's came back without a you know hitching his giddy up. Um, but I think there is going to be a problem with Wentz just because uh, I'm a Raiders fan and I still see well the first game let. Uh, second game wasn't so bad, but I still see a lingering effect of the broken ang- ankle on Carr when pressure gets around him. Uh, just a natural thing, you know, not, to, not wanting to get injured again. Just kind of have it in the back of your head, even you. You may not really be thinking about it, it's in your subconscious, and it's making you react differently than you normally would. I think Wentz coming back early uh, from a knee that he hasn't even tested out in any game action yet. I think he's going to be a little hesitant. I think it's he may not know he's doing it, but he's going to do something. Um, but he's better than Foles no matter what, but six and a half is a lot. Uh, if I had to do anything, like you said, if you said you keep seeing it at seven, um, I have it at six and a half right now on my side, but if I saw it at seven, I probably would take the Colts for a whole touchdown. Uh, if anything, probably get a push. Um, I think what happened, what's happening is, is everybody's high on Wentz, and especially the public, so there's probably a lot of money coming in just because he's back. Uh, people betting with their their heart and not with their head right now, um, just because you know that that's a lot of Eagle fans are thinking that too. I'm sure. Uh, so I think they that'll inflate the line up, and it'll actually be good to take the Colts in that game. I actually like the over as well. Colts D's bad, yep. um, and they're gonna have to score a lot of points no matter what. Uh, probably just stay with the Eagles, and they can put up points. So I kind of like the over forty-seven and a half. It's usually never too good to bet both sides of a game, uh, but sometimes it works out in your favor. But if the Colts got up to seven, I'd take that, or I'd take the over at forty-seven and a half.
1: For me, the other key in the game is Eagles' ferocious defensive line, in my opinion, one of the best units in football, going against the Colts' offensive line, which has been really porous the last Apparently. few seasons. Yeah, But I think Indianapolis, you know, they found some guys in the draft, and they found some guys through free agency. I think they've solved, for the most part, their their issues along the offensive line. Through two weeks, they've given up just three sacks, which is saying something because Andrew Luck has a tendency of holding onto the ball pretty long. So, you know, that kind of eases my concern a little bit. Um, Your point on the over, I'm actually going to go against you there. I kind of like the under in this game. And the reason why is because, you know, if Carson Wentz is – as healthy as advertised and he comes out there and, um, you know, lights up this Eagles offense, you know, that, that's what the line is expecting to happen. But I think there's a pretty good, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's not a hundred percent. He might not even be 80%. He might be 60 or 50, uh, 60 or 70%. And, you know, he's coming back from this injury very early and without a whole lot of precedent of success. So, you know, it, like I said, if he's coming back and everything's fine, the line's probably right. But if he's not, I think there's a really good chance that the Eagles offense sputters. Um, you know, we, we saw them struggle to open the season against the Falcons, low-scoring game there. And I think they put up 21 points against Tampa Bay last week. So, you know, we're not seeing a lot of fireworks uh, from the Eagles offense so far. So I would have to lean under. But, uh, you know, not big into betting totals in the NFL could never seem to get him right. It was much better on sides, but yeah, I agree with you. The only way I'm playing this game is taking Indianapolis plus seven. If I can get that seven, which uh, it appears that I can. Um, <laughs> do you have any information on Carson Wentz and his injury other than we all know he's playing and, and I'm sure the coach is saying all the right things.
0: Um, no, not really. I know he's been live practicing the whole time. Cause you know, they don't touch each other uh, in practice. So I know he's been live practicing for a while. He just hadn't been cleared for contact. Uh, and as soon as he got cleared for contact, I mean, they obviously shoved him right back into the starting role. So I don't know if he looks, He maybe he does look really good in practice. And, but I I still think there's going to be a first game jitters about people landing around his knee and really planning off of it. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's, uh, been practicing so much, he's already used to it. But uh, I guess we'll see this weekend. Really, that's that's all I've really heard about it.
1: Let's move on. Still in the one o'clock window. Cincinnati plus three at Carolina. Forty four is the total. I don't have an I don't have a play in this game. Um, I, I would lean towards Cincinnati because I think they've looked really impressive so far. I think they're a team that most people don't like to bet on with Andy Dalton and uh, just the history of the franchise losing in the playoffs every year but they've actually been pretty profitable if you bet on them the last few seasons. The only thing keeping me back from taking Cincinnati is their running back Joe Mixon's out and he's had a fantastic start to the year. He's accounted for some crazy amount of their offensive production. And so I I can't really bet them without their second best offensive weapon behind, of course, AJ Green. Other than that, I don't have any plays in this game. How about you?
0: I actually really like the Panthers at minus three. uh, Really? Because – Yeah, last week they really got it figured out with Cam and Christian McCaffrey. I think he had, like, 16 receptions out of the backfield, plus, like, eight carries. Um, Had a whole bunch of, you know, just yards from scrimmage. Uh, I think Cam really found, like, without Greg Olson being able to play, I think he found a safety blanket to check down to. And then McCaffrey really makes uh, the most of it that he possibly can because he's quick. Um, And then, uh, you know, I think his – young receiver DJ Moore is finally starting to get it together. And I think they're starting to, I know last year they tried to get cam out of the running thing. They tried to do in the pocket, but I think they just said, screw it. Uh, I think they're going to start running with him more. I think that the Panthers defense is just awesome. Uh, and then like you said, Mixon isn't playing Giovanni Bernard is good, but he's more of a Christian McCaffrey type. Um, so he's not the best running between tackles, which is what Mixon's better at. Uh, in this game, he's going to be – so I think they're going to have to change up their game plan a little bit. And I just think that the Panthers' defense is too good at home. Uh, usually it's something like that after a natural disaster. I mean, I know it didn't happen in Charlotte, but in the in the areas, of, sure. you know, that uh, it's usually always something that for some reason the teams in those areas seem to always win after that. I mean, after Katrina, New Orleans won the Super Bowl. You know, there's just so many other and things afterwards of things that have happened that the team in that area wins. Uh and plus on mine right now they're plus one hundred. So instead of paying juice, you would actually just whatever you bet, you would pay exactly what you're doing. So Bengals are minus one twenty and the Panthers minus three are plus one hundred. I, I really like the plus one hundred. I I really like the Panthers. Um And I think a lot of people are coming in on the Bengals, so I think the line might actually even go down. But uh, I would definitely take the Panthers minus three.
1: Man, I got to say, I I might be changing my opinion here. You know, one thing about – so the Panthers lost to the Falcons last week. Lost by a touchdown, so they didn't cover the spread. I think they were getting three or – No, I'm sorry, they were getting five and a half in that game. And, you know, one of the reasons why they weren't able to cover is because Atlanta was four for four in the red zone. Right. So any time that you see a team demonstrating just absolute perfection in the red zone where it can really go up and down, especially with a team like the Falcons, who have historically struggled in the red zone. um, The Panthers still had an opportunity to win the game at the end of it. So, uh, you know, at one and one, I I think they're probably stronger than that. So I I don't know. I got to say, I think I think I might be uh, flipping sides here. I
0: like to hear that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Now I got to convince you of something that I'm right on that you're wrong on. Uh, we'll see, All though. Right. We got a lot more games to go. A lot more games. Uh, so, ten- so, Tennessee at Jacksonville, I'm actually not seeing a line at most books. This is due to the Mariota injury. And so I'm not going to have a play on the game. Unless you have anything to say about it, we can move on.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure there will end up being a line right before the game like there was last week. Uh, in the Bet the Board podcast, I did my picks for that. They have it set at uh, 7.5 in favor of the Jaguars. Um, I don't know if that's anything to do with they think Marriott is playing or not. I'm not sure. I think no matter what, I don't know how Houston was so horrible last week. The Titans are terrible. They're just not good. I think the Jaguars should kick their ass no matter what, who's playing. Um, but yeah, since there's not a line, I think it'll probably be right around that seven and a half. Um, if it was something like that, I might take the Jaguars. Uh, I'd like it to go down to seven. I hate getting beat by the hook. But yeah, other than that, I wouldn't. I, I don't know what I, what's going to happen with that, or if Marriott is even playing.
1: Sure. Next on the board, exciting game, a, uh, NFC South matchup, New Orleans uh, at Atlanta. Atlanta's minus three huge total expecting fireworks in this one 53 is the over under I've got to play in this game. I'll let you start and give your piece and then I'll jump in and give you my pick on it.
0: So, yeah, uh, I've had a lot of people this year, including, uh, on our 30 minute timeout podcast, my other co uh, Ron love the saints this year. I thought they were their number one team in the NFL. Um, I had a more like nine, 10, I just thought last year they caught a lot of magic uh, and it's showing early. They must have because they've looked very bad. Uh, and maybe that's they're missing Mark Ingram to counter Kamara so they can kind of get a, uh, you know, a power game and a out of the backfield passing game or throw it out, toss out wide with Kamara and run it up the middle with Ingram. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they looked awful. Their defense last year was was great. They're awful this year. I don't get I don't get how it changes that quick. I don't know if they have the lingering effects of that uh, Hail Mary against them and the Vikings, and sometimes that's what happens. You know, the the season from before carries over because they thought they should have been in the NFC Championship, maybe in the Super Bowl, Uh, and if that lingers in your team, kind of like the Seahawks when the Patriots intercepted on the one-yard line, they've never been the same since. Um, This could be the same effect to the Saints. Uh, They may not be the same after that. Uh, Huge play that should have never happened, and they never should have lost. So I'm actually going to have to say Saints might end up having a really bad year and I'm just going to have to I would ride with the Falcons minus 3 cuz their team's just stacked. I don't I don't know how that they're not better than what they are anyways and I would I would go with the Falcons minus 3 even though the Saints are you would think would do to finally have a good game but I just don't see it happening this season.
1: I'm going to have to go I'm going to have to go against you here. I actually love New Orleans at plus 3 here. Really, it's for two main reasons. One is motivational, and the other is the Falcons are banged up all along their offensive line. They just lost their starting guard to Andy Levitre. He's lost for the season. And they, that's following season-ending injuries for uh, defensive back Keanu Neal. He tore his ACL. Linebacker De- Deion Jones, he's out with a foot injury. And they're also gonna move, uh, they're also going to be missing a key offensive weapon, Devonta Freeman. He's out for two weeks. And so I think it's going to be tough for the Falcons to keep up their offensive production with, without the continuity along the offensive line, uh, without the continuity of uh, fantastic pass-catching running backs, Devonta Freeman. And then motivationally, I, I think New Orleans really has to win this game. I think their season's on the line. They're 1-1, one and one, but they can't afford to fall behind because the NFC South is just so loaded with the Falcons and the Panthers. And now all of a sudden Tampa Bay looks like they might make a run for the playoffs. So I, I think New Orleans knows that they can't afford to lose this game. And because of that, I like New Orleans plus three. Any thoughts on the total? The total's flying high at fifty-three.
0: No, usually when it gets high like that and everybody thinks it's gonna go over, it never even gets close. Um so in the NFL anyways, college it seems to always just fly over, doesn't matter. Um, but so yeah, I I, I don't I won't touch the over under um like you said, if the, you know that that many people are injured, might mean the Falcons stall out a lot on offense. Um, I actually personally, I know you said with Devontae Freeman out, you think it hurts them. I actually think it helps. I think having the oh. two-back yeah, with, with, with Freeman and Coleman, I think they're both RB1s in the NFL. I think having them both have a little bit of uh, carries here and there that doesn't really ever let them get off in the game, uh, they're, it beca- I kind of see it as like a two quarterback system. Like that never works out. I get some teams have two running backs and it works because they kind of are opposite of each other, but Coleman can catch out of the backfield and he can run down the middle. And so that's what Freeman does too. Uh, I watched Coleman a lot in college. He's a really good back. I think he should leave and go somewhere else anyways. Uh, but just like last week, he had a big game without Freeman in the game. He finally, you know, got all the touches and, you know, got hot and had a great game and their offense was good. I mean, they put up a lot of points against a really good Carolina defense. Um, So I actually think sometimes maybe those two running backs hurt, hurt each other's production uh, just because neither one of them really gets uh, going like a normal running back would. Uh, So I actually, that's part of the reason I actually like Kevin Coleman having all the touches and carries.
1: So if anything, you might, the way you might look to get at this is that the, the over on yardage of seven Coleman, if your if your bookie offers it, you ever take oh, player yeah, totals? Yeah,
0: I, I've never done it, but he it, it is on there for sure.
1: Yeah, I've actually got a prop ed in the Oakland Miami game. Uh, occasionally, I'll do that, but I I think I think the numbers are are inflated so much to the over because all the fantasy players are coming in and they're hoping that their tight ends, uh, you know, grabs. 10 catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns and it never seems to work out that well.
0: Uh any other thoughts on the game? Uh no, uh that's pretty much it for that and uh it uh, looks like we be, we've been uh, debating quite a bit on these uh these games today it, going into I don't what what game you want to cover next year?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Jared keeps us from going at it, uh, bumping heads. Uh, The next next game I've got is Denver at Baltimore. I've actually got a best bet in this game. I feel very confident about this pick. Baltimore's minus five and a half at home. I'm taking Baltimore. I think this is a fantastic spot for them. I know they didn't look good last week at Cincinnati, but again, a lot of that is, is they were the road team on Thursday Night Football, and very few road teams in that spot look well. So, Typically, I'm always looking to bet on a good team with a good coach and solid quarterback after a loss. And so at minus five and a half, I think that's a reasonable price. And on the other side of the football, Denver, they're kind of riding high right now. They're 2-0. and And I think a lot of that is because of their home field advantage. We talked about this early in the preseason. When teams come into mile high and play the Broncos, they're at such a big disadvantage because of the training and they're not used to the altitude. But that effect is even stronger early in the season because, because of the lack of playing time, or, or practice time, rather. Players aren't in 100% game shape yet. So Denver really has a strong home field advantage, particularly in the month of September. So I think they're riding a high a little bit, and I think Baltimore, I th- their stout defense, T-Sizzle, I think they're going to be able to aggravate Case Keenum. You know, Watching some of the tape, even when they make completions, it just feels like Case Keenum is making a lot of errant throws. He's kind of reckless with the football at times. Reminds me of Sam Darnold, but with less arm talent. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's going to come back to bite him, particularly in this game with a stout Baltimore defense.
0: Yeah, for me, last week, my lock, and I put it in hardcore. I bet it big. I put it on our uh, little group thing on that. Red alert. alert. (laughs) Yeah, red (laughs) alert. (laughs) Huge. Huge. last week was Raiders plus five and a half or it actually went all the way up to six and a half. Um, they ended up blowing the game because of a missed extra point. Should have never even lost the game. Raiders should be one and one. They've looked really good for being an 0-2 team, uh, but they should have beat Broncos. I don't think Denver's that good. I knew Keenum wouldn't be that good. I knew their defense isn't as good anymore, but they've lost a lot of good players. They just have two good pass rushers. That's it. Um, as we talked last week, Ravens are coming off a upsetting loss. And they look terrible, so you know that means they're going to come back looking looking good. Broncos squeaked out a win they shouldn't have, so that means they're going to, you know, so they're due to just get crushed this week. I actually, if I, I, I don't think I will touch it, uh, depend, but I, I might. Uh, if anything, I would take the Ravens minus five and a half. I don't think Denver's that good. I think they're about to fall apart here. They started off two and zero, good for them, uh, but I, I think that they are not. A two and I don't think they're that caliber of a team, even though they are 2 and I think they barely squeak by twice, they're due to get crushed, and I would take the ravens,
1: man, all you had to do is you're locking in the locking in the ravens, and we could make that red alert noise
0: the <laughs> soundboard. <laughs> that's not my lock. in. The all right, well it,
1: all right so so we got a like and a lean, so all right, I'm happy with that Baltimore minus five and a half and Total's kinda low at forty-four. No opinions on that. Do you have any lean either way?
0: No, I that's not a game I would want to touch. Uh, that's sure. that's right around right around what I would say it'd probably be. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not something that yeah, I want to even be any part of in that game.
1: Sure. Next game we've got New York Giants at Houston. Houston's minus six. Forty-two is the total. I took the Giants last week. They looked absolutely a ab- Ismall on offense against the Cowboys. Made the Cowboys' D look like the 85 Bears. And I, I really think the Giants have just tapped out here. Saquon, Saquon Barkley was having a hard time. He was getting stopped in the backfield every now and then. If it's not Odell Beckham catching a slant pattern, the Giants really have no options. They don't have a very vibrant offense. And so, you know, I think they're looking over, uh, look, looking over across the river at Sam Darnold wishing they – had taken him in the the draft. The future is not bright for the giants. And I certainly don't like them in the spot because I think Houston has to start winning some games here and they've been close. They were very close in the Tennessee game. They could have won it. And then week one, they lost by a touchdown to the, uh, to the Patriots. It is what it is, but I would take Houston minus six. It's kind of scary to lay the points when the total is so low at 42, but I just think that their team is much better. I think their defensive line, their pass rush with Watt and Clowney and Merciless and all those boys, I think they're going to be able to harass Eli Manning. And so the only way that I'm betting this game is with Houston.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, I think both teams have been a letdown. Well, I actually thought the Giants would suck. I, th- I thought it was the dumbest mistake ever, both Cleveland and New York, to pass on Sam Darnold or New Jersey Giants, whatever you want to call them. I think that was a huge mistake. I don't know why you would take a running back in that position when you have a quarterback who's been below average for five years and now he's old as shit. I would never have relied on Eli Manning in that spot to make my team better. Then they go ahead and sign OBJ to a huge contract for no reason. He hasn't even produced with Eli in there in years now. Um I, I think he's also I, – I think he's a great receiver and everything. I think he's overrated a little bit, though, and I think he's just too much drama. Uh, I, something's going to end up blowing up here pretty soon, I think, uh, and that sucks for shermer because I think he's a pretty good coach and it's his first year and things are just unraveling. Uh, but, you know, I think they stayed too loyal to Eli. They should have just gotten rid of him, gotten Darnold, started him, and they could have got any other running back who's pretty decent in the draft. There was a lot to get. Um, Texans, uh, Bill O'Brien's fighting for his job. I mean, if they start 0-3, he might get canned already, uh, especially after they looked so good last year with uh, Watson in there, and now he, they just look like a totally different team. Uh, their D-backs are, look awful. You're letting Blaine Gabbert go down the field on you, which makes no sense in the world. Uh, there's no reason that that D should be that bad in the back end. Um and then their offense isn't getting the production that should. I mean, they took the lead, what, 17-14 for a little bit and couldn't even hold it for like a minute. Like, Blaine Gabbert went right down the field, tied it. Uh, it's just not a good sign there. I think Bill O'Brien has to win this, and I think he needs it to look good against a crappy Giants team. Uh, I would take Texans minus six if I had to make a bet, but either way, I think both teams are really desperate, and I don't, I really don't know what's going to happen in the game.
1: Odd Shark came out and released the odds for which coach is going to be which coach is most likely to be fired first. So yeah, they've Bill got O'Brien Sean McDermott four to one, Jackson five to one, O'Brien and Steve Wilkes are tied for ten to one. So I yeah. I don't know. Maybe wait until after this game. I'm sure they'll move the line down. But I have to think O'Brien's definitely on the hot seat, especially with the talent they've got on defense, and of course with Deshaun Watson. All right, well, agreement in that really game. Talented. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's tough because the quarterback he's coming back from the knee injury and it, it's so difficult to do that in the NFL, especially when you're young, especially when you rely on your wheels from time to time. And so they've got to figure out how to win some games here in the AFC South. Let's move on. This game, very interesting to me. I haven't decided which way I'm going to go. Initially, I started with Miami. They're minus three at home hosting Oakland and I'll let you start on this one. Being a Raiders fan, I have to think you got to play in the game.
0: <laughs> I actually uh, will not bet this game uh, just because discipline. So much discipline. It, yeah, I just don't know what to, Raiders are terrible when they go from from West to East Coast uh, traveling mm. like that. They, they they're really bad at covering. They they always show up at in that spot. Uh, plus three and a half is minus one twenty right now. So saying. Uh, so that might go down yet. Um, I, I Their offense looks good. Their defense is always bad. Tannehill looks better than people thought he would be. Uh, plus they're, you know, kind of riding a wave right now. They just beat the Jets. They they killed the Titans the first game of the year. Um, I think they're riding high right now. I think they're motivated. I think the Raiders right now are kind of looking at each other, looking for somebody to blame. Derek Carr missed a whole three passes Last week, and then uh, John Gruden took the the game out of his hands to try and get a first down, and the game would have been over. And, instead of letting Carr try and pass for it, he's running it when Carr's only missed three passes out of 32 for the whole day. I, I think that the – and then afterwards, Gruden's saying, it's hard to find a pass rusher because we're not getting any uh, pressure on the quarterback when we just traded one of the best ones in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know if he's trolling the media with that or if he's serious because if he's serious, then I, I don't know, maybe he really has lost it. I think uh, the Raiders are going to be – they should – I honestly think they're a better team. I just don't know if they have an identity problem right now inside that locker room uh, looking around trying to figure out answers that nobody really has a clue what they are. Um, So I would actually ride the – if it came down to three, I'd probably take the Dolphins. Uh, Once again, I hate the hook. uh, But I like the plus 100 uh, instead of laying any juice uh, for the Dolphins if I had to do something that's probably what I would do because Raiders are terrible traveling to the East Coast.
1: This is one of those games where I really want to find a reason to fade Miami, but Oakland's in such a bad spot. As you mentioned, West Coast teams traveling East for that one o'clock start, right? They got the 10 o'clock body clock game. That's not a very good spot to back a team in, especially with Oakland's history of moving, moving East. And I, I think there's some reason for optimism with Miami, Ryan Tannehill, as you mentioned, he's out to a good start. He's completing 73% of his passes. He's tossed four touchdowns. He's got a 105 QBR. And last week versus the Jets, he outrushed the entire Jets offense by himself. So, underrated wheels on Ryan Tannehill. And, unfortunately, you know, they've played two mediocre teams with the Titans and the Jets. So, the 2-0 probably means a little bit less than it should. And... But like I said, I, I, just, I, I can't put my money on Oakland at this point. I think they are a dramatic team. with that John Gruden contract hanging over everybody, seeing how good Khalil Mack has been in Chicago after they let him walk. So I, I'm going to have a hard time finding action on this game. But like you said, if I got a three and a half, probably take Oakland. If it went down to three, I'd probably take Miami. And so, yeah, I don't have a strong play in this game. Definitely some interesting storylines to look out for, though. Next game on my board is Green Bay at Washington. Green Bay's is laying two and a half or three on the road. 45 and a half is the total. I faded Washington last week at home. My Redskins have a very limited home field advantage, and a lot of that is the Capitals, and the Nationals have been good in recent years. So they've kind of stolen the thunder of the Redskins the past couple of seasons because they just haven't been good at home and they haven't delivered for their fans at FedEx. And the other reason why I liked fading Washington, taking the Colts, was because they beat up on a horrible team in Arizona. We're finding out that Arizona's probably the worst team in the NFL. If they're not, they're the second worst. And so they looked a little bit overrated to me. Here in the spot, you know, I hate laying points on the on the road, but <sighs> Green Bay is just much better than, than the Redskins at this point. And even though even though the Packers haven't shown an ability to blow anyone out yet, I think they definitely have the potential. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to win a game no matter what. And if I'm playing this game, it's on Green Bay. But I think I'm just going to sit back and watch and hope that my Redskins actually show up and and show some some heart, even when they're losing. This might be a good game to look to play, uh, to look to make a bet in game. I think if Washington is down at half, you might want to You might want to take the Packers because if if there's anything we've seen from the Redskins is that they just kind of quit. You know, they can show up early in games. We saw it last year when they marched into Seattle and won outright. If they show up and it seems like a day that they've come well prepared for, they can be a solid bet. But if, if they get down early and they don't feel like they can get back into it and Jay Gruden abandons the running game with AP, might want to look to fade them.
0: Yeah, so for me, uh, I hate betting against home dogs as well. Uh, But after that weird ending to the game and the Packers game, whether it was regulation or overtime or any of that, um, I think uh, Rodgers are going to come out kind of pissed off that they didn't get away with the win on that game. Uh, The Redskins, like you said, they might have beat up on one of the worst – second, third worst team in the NFL – uh, but, and they still didn't look, I mean, they didn't win or cover, but I mean, they didn't look awful, awful. Um, but I just think the Packers, Rogers is going to be on a mission. Two and a half isn't that much. I think they have to win really because of that division. So competitive, cause you know, the Vikings are winning. Um, so I think they, they kind of have to win. I would, I'd say, I'd say I definitely would have to go with the Packers minus two and a half.
1: All right, agreement there. Next game, ugliest game on the board, Buffalo at Minnesota. The Vikings are 17 at home. 41's the total. This game is nuts. When you see a total of 41 and then the favorite is laying 17, you have to start by thinking you like the points, but then you look at the team. Nobody wants to bet on the Bills right now. They look horrible. Josh Allen, verdict is still out on him. A lot of guys didn't even think that he should have been taken in the draft as early as he was. This is a game that I really want to bet Buffalo just out of principle alone because nobody else wants to. I know this line is a little bit inflated. I know Buffalo is awful. They they might be the worst team in the league, but it's still the NFL, and the back door might be wide open in this one, right? Minnesota's got a big matchup next week against the Rams. Could be a look-ahead spot. They might just want to get the 14-point lead early at halftime and then Zimmer gets conservative with the play calling. I really I, I, I'm trying to muster up the strength to take Buffalo in this game because I think they can I think they can come through the back door. Boomer talk me off the cliff.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely freaking nuts, man. And I, I'm gonna call the cops to come get you off that cliff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be, because uh Well, mine's already down to 16 and a half, so that means there's other people on that cliff with you that we need to rope off there with the cops. Um, I don't think Buffalo scores. I think Vikings end up covering that 17 because Buffalo doesn't even score. I think the final score might be like 17, 21, 24, nothing. Uh, if Bills do score, it's going to be a field goal because it'll be some kind of fluke way that they got down the field, whether it's a turnover or a punt return or something, uh, and they'll get three points. But I think the Vikings just completely shut them out. I also think that they're going to be super pissed about what happened last week. They should be 2-0 and as well. Missed a chip shot, 35-yard field goal. Um, I know it's hard as hell to bet 16.5 in the NFL. This isn't college. But the Bills are freaking awful. Uh, I think their defense is – I mean, Vontae Davis retired at halftime of the game. Uh, so, obviously, their defense is given up. Uh, and I just think the Vikings just shut them down, move on to next week, get it over quick, uh, and just the Bills, I think, quit by halftime as well. The second half, I bet you, just flies by. The under is probably going to be golden because the Vikings are probably going to put up a quick 21 and pretty much just call off the dogs, and then Buffalo just going to roll over and let them scratch their belly and get the hell out of there.
1: Look, the safety retiring during halftime, that's strange for sure. But if anything, I think this is an opportunity. I think this could galvanize the Bills' defense. I'm not saying they're going to go out and stop Minnesota because I think Minnesota's got a good offense with Kirk Cousins. But look, Josh Allen, he led the Bills to 20 points. They only lost by 11 against the Chargers. We only need them to lose by 16. I haven't locked this bet in yet. Uh, but I got to say, I'm still on the cliff. I don't know. unless, unless I, I just think when totals are this high, excuse me, when when sides are this high, it's because nobody wants to bet on a team. And the only way to make money betting on sports is by being contrarian. You have to be right, but you can't just take the teams that everyone else is taking, right? That Otherwise, the sports book wouldn't be in business. Uh, yeah. But I'm clearly not going to convince you of this game. So we can go ahead and move on. We've got about 12 minutes left and a couple more games to roll through. And uh, you know, looking down at the board, I think the most interesting game left is the Sunday night game, New England at Detroit. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady marching into Detroit to take on their ex defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, who's had he has not had a lot of success as a head coach. He's wearing the baseball hat on backwards. Some people think that he's not cut out for the job. What do you think about Patricia and Do you think he's cut out to be a head coach and then we'll get into your handicap for the game?
0: So I personally think he's probably cut out to be a head coach. I think he picked the wrong franchise to go to. Uh, It sounds like to me, uh, it isn't the coaching. It's the whining, complaining, loser mentality players that they have complaining that it isn't the way that it used to be and that it's too tough. And, you know, this isn't the way it was under Jim Caldwell. Who gives a shit? You sucked under Jim Caldwell. Get over yourself. <laughs> at least, at least commit to a year of what this guy wants to see if it works out. You can't just instantly jump off the bandwagon uh, because it's it's tougher than it used to be. You're in the goddamn NFL. You're getting paid millions of dollars, or some of them five hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, toughen up, man up. Listen to see if the plan works for you. Uh, and you gotta you gotta try at least jump on board for a little bit. You can't hop off this quick. I thought they'd suck anyways. I thought Caldwell was a horrible coach. I think they did a horrible job drafting. Um, I think they've done a horrible job with their personnel. Period. They focus way too much on offense. They're never trying to fix that defense. Their offensive line isn't very good either. Uh, their running game is terrible if they even try to run it. Well, in the past, oh, this year they're trying to run it a little bit, I guess. But I mean, it's just. Their whole offensive scheme is too pass heavy. You have to have some kind of balance or you're never going to make it out. Um, I think the Patriots roll through them, especially after how bad they looked last week. Uh, Josh Gordon, if he can learn the playbook, could have a Randy Moss-type season now, uh, which would be awesome to see because I haven't been fantasy football, and I think it is very possible. Uh if you have a deep threat like him and all those underneath options, that means Gronk's going to be open or he's going to be open. or I mean, you're talking about feeding the beast Brady with some of the best talent he's had uh, besides when Moss was there. So you, you could look out now for the, the Patriots now in the AFC. I didn't think they'd make it to the AFC championship this year until now. I just thought they wouldn't have it, but this might bring new life into uh, Tom Brady getting such a talented receiver Uh, especially he got Moss towards the very end of his prime, Josh Gordon's in his prime. Uh, It could be really dangerous and it could be really fun to watch. And it could be something uh, that changes the whole season for the Patriots right here.
1: You bet the Patriots here.
0: I I would take the six and a half. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. But your point on the running back for, for Detroit. This is crazy. The Lions haven't had a hundred yard rusher since Thanksgiving of 2013. Yep. Absolutely nuts. They just haven't been able, been able to get that position right. They haven't been able to get the defense right. Well, and they don't give them any carries. I, I think it's, yeah, they don't give them any carries. And I think your point on the culture and all the whining, it's well taken. You know, th- they were a dysfunctional franchise under Jim Caldwell. Didn't have a lot of success, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, they bring in a new coach. They get ambushed by the jets on, you know, to open the season. And then They're in the game against the Niners. They only lost by three. They had a chance to win it. And you've got Matt Stafford who, you know, say what you will, but he's definitely one of the top, uh, I don't know, top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. He can give you a chance to win. You just got to have the culture and the defense and the right role players around him, but they haven't had that. The reason why I like the Patriots in this spot is because they just lost. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but the Patriots have been one of the best teams to bet on in league history after a loss, right? They lose to the Jaguars last week, and now they got to march into Detroit, and they got to go ahead and get a win here. they got to find a way to do it. I think you're right. I, I think they're going to gash Detroit with those quick crossing patterns and finding guys in the flat. I hate hanging points. I hate laying points on the road, especially six and a half. But as long as it stays below a touchdown, that key number of seven, I'm taking New England to win. Win and cover. I <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree. All right. I, I, staying under seven is big. I, you, I think you're going to have to bet it early. I think it goes up to seven before the weekend.
1: Right, I agree. And so that brings us to the last primetime game, Monday night, a game loaded with drama. This is an absolute reality TV show, only in America 2018. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the game is at Pickham. They're in Tampa Bay, and Fitzmagic is back. For the time being, we'll see how long it lasts. Odds makers are expecting an uh, absolute shootout, 53.5 the total. I like Tampa Bay. I really do. I, I bought into Fitzmagic. I faded him last week with the Eagles. That didn't work out for me. I think the team has wrapped their arms around them. You've got Deshaun Jackson out there saying that he's our guy. And there's absolutely no way – that they bring back Jameis Winston. In fact, a bet that I like even better than the side here, even better than Tampa Bay at Pickham, is I think it's Bovada that has this uh, number. Will Jameis Winston start week four? You got to lay five to one to bet on it, but that is an absolute lock. I know most people don't like, man, what are you doing over there, Boomer? Who's calling the cops on you? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um. But, yeah, if you can find that number in your book, I would definitely lay that. There's no way Jameis Winston comes back week four. I, I don't care whether they win or lose this game. Fitzmagic is the guy for the time being, and I like Tampa Bay at Pickham here.
0: Yeah, so what's crazy is mine's still plus one and a half uh, Buccaneers at home. Um, I actually don't know what Even better. I would want to – yeah yeah exactly I knew you would like that. I actually don't know what I would want to do in this game uh the Buccaneers have just been red hot and Pittsburgh C just isn't any good, so I would think that that would continue um and Tomlin isn't a good like uh coaching up a scheme to stop somebody I mean he let Tim Tebow beat him in the playoffs. So that's just not good. It sounds <laughs> like those, that locker room is just insane full of drama uh you know a b acting his best Odell that he can right now. Um, I So just because of all of that, I think I would. I like the Buccaneers plus one and a half. Um, I just think that there's just so much crap going on the Steelers. If I was Tomlin, I'd want to personally just get out of there and start somewhere else. Um, I think that locker room is just chaos right now. I don't think there's any way to switch it around unless you start trading people. Uh, Big Ben is always making excuses. He's not trying to lead either. Uh, I, I think it would be fun just to sit in the locker room, crack a beer, and watch all this crap go down every day because <laughs> I bet it's insane in there. Uh, but I, I probably would have to go with the Buccaneers plus one and a half. Um, I just I just don't know what the Steelers are doing, and I just don't see anything good in sight.
1: You might even be able to get on Antonio Brown's Facebook Live chat if you're in the locker room over there. I just think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think there's too much drama in, Pitt, in Pittsburgh. It's something we've seen from this franchise over the course of the years, but it, it really seems to have come to a head here. I mean, you've got Le'Veon Bell holding out. There's that video of him on a jet ski somewhere shooting a rap video. Instead of staying in shape, potentially playing for a Super Bowl team here, right? A lot of people thought that Pittsburgh was top team in the NFL – in the preseason, you've got Antonio yeah. Brown daring people to trade him for some reason, even though you know, look, nobody doubts that Antonio Brown is is maybe the most talented receiver in football. But we've seen a lot of talented receivers fail in their career because they get drafted into bad organizations with bad quarterbacks. So he definitely benefits from Big Ben. And the bigger point here is, why does he care? Why why isn't he just getting back there into the film room and, and lifting weights and getting ready? To win, this should have been a winnable game, I'm sure, before the season. Pittsburgh looked at the Tampa Bay game and said, oh, we can win that road game. And so I, I think the drama level is just too high for the Steelers. It's it's very noisy. The locker room is very chaotic right now. And you're right. Mike Tomlin is not a guy who has has won with his X's and nose. He's more of a motivator motivator and a player developer than anything else. And so I, I don't see them in their – horrible defense being able to stop Deshaun Jackson over the top or some of Tampa Bay's other offensive weapons. So, yep, agreement on this game. And we're coming up against our time limit here. I've gone through all the picks that I have. I think there's a lot of interesting games week three. We're starting to figure out what teams really are and we're starting to see some trends emerge. Yeah, Anything that we uh, missed? It-
0: yeah. i don't worry about that. We, after the thing goes over, you got like 15 extra minutes. Uh, I actually oh, just wanted works. to go over. Yeah. So we we still got a little bit yet that we can talk. Um, so for me, I wanted to just get in a couple of college games cause I like college as well. And so I just wanted to bring some up and then we'll give our, I know we've already given like our picks, but we'll break down like we always do and give our exact pick five for the contest. Um, But some big games uh, that I like coming up, so FAU, Lane Kiffin's team versus UCF. Uh, They're not the Power 5 schools, but they're both pretty good. Uh, They're matching up this weekend. Uh, It might sound crazy if you're only an NFL guy like you, but I love this over of 77. Uh, It's a (laughs) lot of points.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, it's a lot of points, but both of them play little to no D, and both of them play high paced offenses. So there's going to be so many possessions in this game. It'll be very possible to get those points. I like the over of FAU 77. Uh, what's the spread I'm, in
1: this game with that kind of total?
0: What's the spread Thirteen and a half.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. It right. seems more
1: reasonable with the total that high.
0: Oh, if you have a chance on Saturday, you can find it on TV tune in. It's they're pretty uh, crazy offenses. Um, Northern Illinois is playing FSU. FSU just got their asses handed to them by Syracuse. Like, it was embarrassing. Uh, The whole thing, it seems to be unraveling right now for Willie Taggart down there in FSU in his uh, first year there, even though he just came from Oregon where he looked really good. Um, But it's just not working out right now. Northern Illinois, I saw them play earlier in the year. They're not great. Uh, They played Iowa. Iowa ended up in the second half kicking the shit out of them. But right now, FSU is reeling. I know they're looking for a big win, but I would take the plus 10 for Northern Illinois uh, going down to FSU. Um, It's not a lock like that over 77, but I would probably take Northern Illinois plus 10. I wanted to get your thoughts. Bama's playing Texas A&M. They're both ranked, but Bama is a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think about that two-ranked teams, and that being the spread?
1: Yeah, it, it it's nuts. You know, typically when you've got two very solid college football teams, you you can't lay 25 and a half points. But this is a different Alabama team. I mean, historically they've won with defense and and basically defense, defense only they won a national championship with with uh, uh with the quarterback Coker. very limited behind yep. behind center. But this Tua kid is just different. I mean, he he's different and it looks like Alabama really keeps the foot on the gas. Even when they've got big leads at halftime, so that opens the door for maybe laying twenty five and a half points. I'm not sure. Are, are are you going to be able to swallow those points?
0: I yeah, I actually think it'll probably come right around to that number. Uh, the thing is, is once Bama yeah. gets a huge lead, they put in Jalen Hurts, who right. is already won a national championship on his own. So <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so yeah. pretty much, you gotta you gotta go with it. And they're just so good. It's unbelievable. Tua is the best. I mean, the greatest quarterback that's ever had, been under Saban. Saban usually always has people like Coker under him, McElroy, uh AJ McCarron, you know, none of those guys are huge playmakers. Uh, Tua is just unbelievable. He's like a Russell Wilson. Um, he, uh, they're just so unbelievable with him back there. I think you, I just don't know how you can bet against them technically. Uh, so if you're not gonna take a minus twenty five and a half, I guess maybe just walk away from the game. But I, I guess you keep betting them until they till they don't cover, right? I mean, that's, that's exactly. Kind of the way- last year,
1: last year I was I was showing a buddy of mine the uh, SBR odds page, and we found the Alabama point spread. They were playing, I think it was Sanford, and Alabama was betting uh, Alabama was laying about forty eight points or, or something just astronomical. And I looked over at him. I'm like. You can't bet this game because what this says is Alabama is so much better than Sanford, you can't bet on Sanford, but how can you lay so many touchdowns in a football game where the back door could, the back door is wide open when you're laying that kind of number? yeah, so sometimes you see these crazy lines in college, and uh yep yeah, it, it it creates a tough decision for sure
0: uh Another one I really like. Uh, TCU versus Texas this weekend. Texas just came off a big win against USC. They still didn't look very good. U- USC looked awful. Uh, I'd say bye bye Clay Helton, you're done. Um, but TCU is only a three point favorite against Texas. I think TCU probably crushes them. Texas just isn't any good. Uh, you would think that, that they would change over all these years, but their players. I don't know that. I don't want to call them lazy, but goddamn, they sure look lazy. They they look entitled. I guess is what I'd call it. They look entitled. I don't know why. I don't know why they can't break out of that. Uh, TCU, you know, has been good, is hungry, just should have should have never gotten beat by 12 against uh, Ohio State. But in the second half had a couple turnovers in a row for touchdowns and hurt them. But uh, so I like TCU bouncing back minus three a lot. Um, what, What do you think about that?
1: I actually agree with you. I would I would definitely take TCU and lay the points here. I think Texas is is highly overrated. I see them as a team a lot like Florida State in a non-SEC conference. They get a ton of love. They've had they have some history, big name brand college football. You know, they had that network, that Longhorn network for a while. I think oh, that it went still away.
0: Exists. Oh, oh, still it still exists. All right,
1: yeah. but but I, I just think that Texas is is more of a name rather than seeing results on the field. You know, losing to Maryland in week one, horrible loss. Barely escaping Tulsa, they won by seven, but that's a game that they need to cover by more than that. So I would definitely, I would definitely agree. I think it's a good, a good bounce back spot for TCU.
0: And then the last two, uh, Stanford versus Oregon, uh battle of the Pac-12 North, uh, especially with, uh, and then Washington would be the the other one, those three Washington, Stanford, Oregon are the only three that have a chance in that conference. The comp though South is weak. Arizona state look like they might be good, but they just got beat outright by San Diego state, which is never good. Um, but Oregon's at home plus it's opened at plus two and a half. It's down to one and a half already. Oregon's offense has looked really good. Their quarterback Herbert, uh, looks like a first round draft pick. That's what everybody says. He's really talented. Uh, Mobile guy, chucks it all over the field, but Stanford has that grinded away, uh, hard-nosed defense like Wisconsin-Iowa, who's the game we're going to talk about next. Uh, they just seem to always stay in everything. That Bryce Love is back. Uh, I think it's going to be a crazy game, but right now with the uh, plus, if it goes back up higher to like plus two, two and a half, I think I'd have to take Oregon. Um, for some reason, they always seem to have Stanford's number, and I don't know why. Uh, Maybe it's just because they're so fast paced and Stanford is a a power team and that wears them down. But right now I would take Oregon or right now I'd wait and see if it goes back up and then I would take Oregon.
1: What do you project Bryce Love to be in the NFL? Do you see him as a Christian McCaffrey type, a guy who can really become a multidimensional threat out of the backfield?
0: I personally don't know if he'll even go uh, to the NFL. Uh, He's, I think he wants to continue his education or whatever he's going for. Uh, if he does, I don't think he'll ever be anything great in the NFL. I don't think he, like, loves football. You know what I mean? I get a lot of NFL people don't love it, but they need it. But I feel like it's up. they need it, though. I feel like Bryce Love doesn't need it. He's really smart. Um, and I don't think he loves football. I think he just kind of did it to, you know, also get a free education. I, I don't know <sighs> – from everything I've read so far this year, I hadn't heard it until this year. But this year, he's been really more about his academics. They don't—they never even announced why he skipped last game, uh, and they still haven't given an answer. So I don't know if it's just him wanting to do that or what. I don't know what the deal is with him. Um, so I don't—I don't know if he'll ever even transition to the NFL. I'm sure somebody will draft him, but I don't know what he'd be personally.
1: Yeah, I think you're—you're you're starting to see that more and more. People had questions about Josh Rosen, right? Did he really want to play football at the NFL level? Me personally, if I had a choice, man, I'd choose baseball, basketball, or something else. If I was that caliber of athlete, there's no way I'm playing football. You know, beating oh, my body crazy. up. It,
0: it, it's play hard football to make it's hard to make a lot sports. of money.
1: Oh, come on. It. There's no oh, money yeah. in it. Look, a lot of guys, you, you see the big contracts, right? The big Bell Bell's asking for 20 million. Uh, you know, Odell Beckham he's getting a huge huge guaranteed deal but a lot of these guys are making $800,000 which is not a lot if your career is only 4 years long and you're sacrificing your body
0: yeah but th- this is this is how i see it uh i love football i played football i played little college football uh i i didn't play football for the benefits i played football cuz i love it if somebody paid me $800,000 to play football and I played for four years. I get it's easy to say sitting here at my, at my house right now. Uh, but I never really thought about it for that. Uh, and plus, if you played professional football and you got paid, you know, and you made $800,000, guess what? When you're done with playing professional football, say your career is only two, three years. When you go to any kind of good job interview, guess what you're going to say? I was an NFL player. And guess what? Your Your <laughs> odds of getting that job are very greatly higher. You know what I mean? Like, Everybody or you're at a bar,
1: it. you're talking to a lady, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, go way off.
0: yeah, that too, yeah, I mean, like, just being in the NFL benefits you in so many other ways, Um, so, I I never saw it as that, I don't care that baseball makes more money, I don't have the passion for it, um, basketball, I think they're all a bunch of fucking pussies, so I, I wouldn't, I mean, they're all flop and travel and <laughs> power jeans. So. Yeah, I mean just a bunch I, I couldn't do it. Uh I'd probably be pissed off every day wanting to fight somebody cuz they're so eccentrically weird to me. Um but I would want to play football over anything else. <laughs> but uh Look man, I
1: I'm if I had the option of playing playing in the NFL, making that fat paycheck over my office job, hell yeah, I'm taking it.
0: <laughs> but
1: if you know, if I'm talented, I I think baseball's the right move or I can't disagree with you. I think the NBA has gotten soft for sure. And uh, but look, there's a ton of opportunities, and the paycheck is much bigger.
0: Yeah, I I just I could never do baseball. I can't stand watching it. So I it was fun playing it younger, but like it's just it's too analytically driven anymore that it's annoying. Like it isn't even people making baseball decisions. It's just like oh the numbers tell me I got to do this, so I do it. Like it's stupid. Uh, I'm not into that. But the last game of, the, of college football uh, is Woo! Wisconsin versus Iowa in Iowa City. Uh, Wisconsin just coming up a big loss against BYU that nobody saw coming. Uh, Iowa is plus three at home. I actually love Wisconsin in this spot coming off a loss. Minus three at Iowa. It is going to be a very low-scoring, boring game. Uh, it's Iowa – I just don't think that they're going to score. If they do, it's going to be field goals. I think sooner or later, Wisconsin, their running back is so good, he's going to bust through and get a touchdown or two. Uh, I like Wisconsin minus three. A lot of Iowa people are going to tell me I'm crazy because Iowa plays so good at home. Uh, Like last year, they covered against Penn State. They beat Ohio State outright. Uh, The last, I think, like five years, a top 10 team that's coming to Iowa City each year has lost um but Wisconsin's no longer top 10 team they're number 18 and i think they come out with the victory
1: so they're 18th in the what is that the ap poll ranking yeah I, i'm i'm seeing here in the futures market odds to win the big 10 wisconsin plus 400 compared to ohio, ohio state plus 130 is there any yep. value on wisconsin do they have any shot at all
0: well so wisconsin's in the west so if they win the West, which is very likely, the only team they really have to beat is Iowa. The whole West is bad, so if they win the West, they go to the Big Ten Championship no matter what. So that's so if they play Wisconsin or if they play Ohio State and or Michigan, and play Ohio State. yep, or Penn State, they're going to play them in the national championship game. So you can almost guarantee they're in the game. It's just whether they win it or not is pretty yeah. much what it's going to come down to.
1: So hmm. there is value right, because right.
0: they're going to be in the game.
1: So so let's do that. All right, so let's assume that Wisconsin sails through the, the Big Ten West. They go to the championship game, play Ohio State. What do you think the point spreads in that game? Because this might be a situation where you can lock in Wisconsin in a futures bet and then go ahead and hedge uh, on the game side.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously going to be depending on how Wisconsin – if Wisconsin doesn't – if they win out the rest of the year and Ohio State – or Michigan, whoever wins that game, I think will go to the Big Ten championship. On the other side, I think whoever's in there, I I think it's no more than five points.
1: Right. Hmm, Just that's kind of interesting. You know, so that, good. Right. Right. That's kind of interesting. and That might give me something, some reason to pay attention to college football. So I got to think on that one. But I, I think we might be onto something.
0: Yeah, Wisconsin will definitely win the West. I'll 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 guarantee that. <laughs>
1: Lock it in.
0: Yep, that's right. But uh, I know we've already kind of given out our picks, but let's, uh, let's give them the five so they know exactly what five we're playing for this weekend since we break down a lot of games in the span of this hour plus tonight.
1: I like New Orleans plus three. I think their back's against the wall. I think they've had a slow start to the season, but they can't afford to fall behind. In the NFC South, I think they can win outright versus Atlanta. New Orleans plus three. Then I got Baltimore minus five and a half. Another good team off of a loss. Uh, uh, excuse me. They're coming off a loss. Thursday night football last week against the Bengals. So they've got the long week. And I, I think they can definitely cover this number because of that ferocious defense. And they've got the extra rest. San Francisco plus six. I know they're playing a good team. I, I think – Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL, and he's going to be able to scheme up Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo to keep it close. Patriots minus six and a half. I don't like laying a lot of points in the NFL, but I think Tom Brady off of a loss, Belichick, they're going to go to go into the Motor, c- motor City and <laughs> hand it to the Lions. The Lions just don't have discipline. They never had a good defense or running game. And I think Matt Patricia, I, I love fading – I love fading the coach who – excuse me, I love betting on the coach who knows the coordinator that they're playing against. Belichick is definitely a better coach than Patricia. I like the Buccaneers plus one and a half if you can find it. They're hosting the Steelers who are a dumpster fire right now with all the drama with Bell and Brown. Roethlisberger was thinking about retiring after last season, and now he's probably wishing that he had. They're looking for an 0-1-2 start. Take the Buccaneers on – Sunday, Monday night football. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and for me, I also, I have the Niners plus six and a half. I'm, I think I'm going to switch out the bears. I have minus five and a half. I think I'm going to put the Patriots in there at six and a half. Uh, but right now I have the bears minus five and a half, but I do really like the Patriots minus six and a half uh, just because they, you know, what they do off of a loss. And I just think the Lions are reeling hardcore. Uh, But I had the Bears right now, minus five and a half, so I'll probably have to go into that Bet the Board podcast and switch it out. Uh, Then I had the Cowboys plus two at Seattle. Packers minus two and a half. And the Panthers minus three. That is my pick five. Stuart, let's have a
1: bounce back week and make some money.
0: That's right. Hopefully we're better than uh, last week. Uh, And if you like what you hear – Go ahead and find us on Twitter and uh, comment to us, or if you don't like it, you can do that too, or you can come and battle us or fade us and let us know you're fading us, our picks, if we stay cold. Uh, and You can check out more articles written by Cam, me, or Jared, who's not here today, but you can go to prosportsextra.com to check more of those out. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or any other way to find podcasts. Just search PSE, and you can find us, and you can listen to us, And that is all, folks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week when we make sure that you cash it in.
1: Have a good one. Peace.